Welcome to the Popular Pig Podcast, a convenient place where you can stay up to date on what's popular in this wine industry. By listening to Popular Pig, you will receive invaluable information on the latest trends, news, and research from various experts who guide the global pork industry. Popular Pig is brought to you by SwineTech, the award-winning creators of Smart Guard and Pig Flow. To learn how Pig Flow can help you streamline your workforce and reduce piglet and sow deaths, visit swinetechnologies.com. Popular Pig is also made possible by Johnsonville Foods, Swine Robotics, SwineWeb.com, and Innovative Heating, the manufacturers of Hog Hearth. Welcome to the Popular Pig Podcast. My name is Matthew Rota, your host for today's episode. Today, we're going to talk about what the best wean age is for your operation with Mr. Brady McNeil. How are you doing today, Brady? Doing great. Looking forward to the chat today and uh, talking a little bit more about wean age. I'm excited to talk about this one. We were actually talking about this today and how it seemed to have creeped up and now it's going down and it's just going to be a great topic. And I guess I'd like to start things off by you just introducing yourself and your background and what you do today. Yeah, I'd be glad to. So I uh, originally grew up there in the eastern part of Iowa, a town outside of, or outside of a town called DeWitt. Uh, grew up on a family fair to finish operation and then transitioned to purchasing SEW feeder pigs. Uh, and then eventually my, my parents decided to get out of the pig business. Uh, and at that point, and just stick, uh, and at that point, just stick to row crop. Uh, and at that point in time, I moved over and started 4-H and really realized that I enjoyed working with pigs. And so started showing, showing pigs, going to county fair, state fair. Uh, and that led me to working for my neighbor, Dan Bursloff, who uh, raises show pigs. And that's what uh, helped continue to spur me on the pig of the, the pork industry. Uh, from there, went on to Iowa State University to major in animal science. Uh, I actually thought about being an ag teacher at one point in time. I really hmm. enjoy working with uh, the youth, youth development, and, and helping to educate people around the topics related to agriculture. But uh, about the time I was looking to, to finish up, had the had the privilege and opportunity to have a teaching assistantship there in Iowa State, working with the, the judging teams as well as teaching some courses. So jumped at that. And uh, ended up doing my master's with Dr. Ken Stalder on sow longevity, feet and leg soundness, and how to quantify that. Uh, and then focused on animal breeding and genetics. Uh, so at that point in time, finished up my degree, started looking at options, and I ended up DNA genetics is really the, the best fit from a culture standpoint and an opportunity uh, standpoint. And so I ended up starting in 2015 with DNA. Uh, and part of my role there at the beginning was to incorporate our multiplication partners within our genetic database. In 2013, DNA had split away from the Danish uh, pig production system, or Danbred, uh, and were starting to go on their own. And so part of going on their own meant leveraging that multiplication data. And so that's what uh, I started to do those first couple of years and then transitioned to more of a, a technical services role where working with different producers, sow farms, nursery finish, some research, uh, trying to help them maximize their own productivity. And then after that, here, here recently, I've transitioned into more of an oversight role within our multiplication pyramid, uh, working with the different multiplier partners that we do have. And so uh, that kind of start to finish is, is how I ended up where I'm at today. Gotcha. No, and I actually grew up in a family where my dad managed uh, multiple commercial sow farms. And so I never actually got to show pigs. So I'm curious how much of a, I wish I could have, I'm curious how much of a benefit looking back 
your days showing pigs actually played through college and, and into the role you are today? Yeah, it's one of those things that as you're out in the commercial industry, I think there's probably gonna be a lot of people who listen to this that that have that concept or have that thought of, oh, show pigs, he's just another show pig guy. But I think there's a lot of value to the the youth that were that brought up through the show livestock side. It's something that you definitely have to be able to communicate with everybody else that you're showing with, the judges, the parents, uh, the, the staff that's helping to run those shows. Uh, and so it, one, it, it builds your network of people as you move on throughout your career. There are people that I, I chat with in the commercial industry today that I was showing pigs with while I was in high school. And so that's one of the biggest mm-hmm. takeaways that that industry really, really helps the youth develop. And then the other thing is, we talk on the commercial side of the, the industry about individual animal care, paying attention when something doesn't look right, a sow's off feed, maybe she's holding her foot a little different, we need to look at her for lameness. Uh, and the same thing on the wean to finish barns, do we need to pull a pig, get it into the sick pen? Uh, it's all individual animal care. And when you're raising show pigs, you only have maybe four, six, 10 pigs in that barn. And so you're very attuned to every single movement of that animal. Uh, and you really get good at individual animal care in those situations. And so I think the, the communication ability, the network ability, and then that individual animal care are great assets that the show livestock industry really prepares the youth for the, the commercial side of the business. Absolutely. I was always jealous that I couldn't show my own pig. And we, for biosecurity reasons, we nobody wanted these pigs sitting in our yard and my dad was going back and forth in the sow units. But uh, I guess going from that, is there any good stories and before we hop into our topic, topic is there any is there a story from showing pigs that you remember that really stands out? I, I think as far as stories go, uh, you know, you always have those friends that say, "Hey, you know, I got an extra pig. We need you to show in the ring." And uh, so we were going into the state fairgrounds, and there it was in the holding arena where uh, this was back before we had individual holding pens going into the, the show show ring. Uh, all the pigs were kind of in that ring, waiting to go into the show ring, and uh, showing showing one of my buddy's pigs and all of a sudden this thing turned around and just clamped onto the back of my calf and just would not <laughs> let go <laughs> I was about in tears walking into that that show ring but uh, hey we got it done we got that pig showed and didn't let it falter uh, in my composure uh, but definitely was uh, a little bit frustrated with the guy who didn't give me a warning about that going into it <laughs> that's awesome so I guess when we talk about the topic what is the best wean age for our operation why is that a topic of interest for producers yeah, so it's one of those things where wean age truly does affect everybody within the industry. Uh, even if you're just buying SCW pigs, uh, the pigs were bought at a specific wean age. Uh, and so uh, what age that they were raised to will affect how well they start for those SCW uh, purchasers. Uh, and then if you're the sow farm, you're the one that's actually uh, controlling what that wean age is. Uh, and it's one of those things where we don't get a chance to talk about it every single day. And so sometimes it just gets put into the back of our mind, but having that conversation every now and then think about, okay, how can we continually improve this operation or, Hey, we need to retrofit these barns. We age might be something we need to think about. Uh, that's where having these conversations like we're doing today can help when we're making that major change to our system. Uh, and we have this in our background. So we're ready to hit the ground running. Gotcha. And so when you look at the, I guess, the research that you're doing around this topic, what does that look like? Yeah. So at DNA, we're, we're producer owned. Uh, and so we really, really like to do research that will have a value to, to everybody within the industry. 
uh, including our, our ownership who are commercial producers. And so uh, we've partnered with Pipestone Applied Research to do some wean age trials. Uh, we've actually implemented some increased wean ages within our commercial system. Uh, and so we're able to see the results of those. Uh, and then we are a, a genetics company. We have nucleus farms and anybody who's been around a nucleus farm or been exposed to a nucleus farm, I would challenge you to, to find an operation that collects more data on an individual animal uh, than a, a nucleus genetic farm, because every, every single event in that animal's life is tracked and measured. And so we're able to get a lot of really great data from that system as well. Uh, and so while you don't necessarily think about wean age on the commercial level being impacted or having knowledge from that nucleus side, those nucleus animals will be the, one, the parents of those commercial animals down the road. And so it's really good things to know as we start looking about the, or looking at this topic moving forward. So when you look at the data you're collecting on a nucleus farm that is so much more in depth than on a commercial site, what are the things that are tracked in the nucleus site that if feasible, if it made sense to do in a commercial site, you think would be of most value? Yeah, I think we're already starting to see some of those uh, types of things come into the industry. So uh, when we start talking about tracking individual pig intake, uh, every time that that pig goes to the feeder, we're already we're starting to transition the, the commercial side of the industry to that with some of our water meters, feed meters, looking for a disease outbreak. Uh, and so taking some of those um, data points and while it might not necessarily be on the individual pig like we are in the nucleus, but on the group, uh, if we have that group knowledge, we're able to identify problems before they become a major issue. So where are we as an industry when it comes to wean age and, and where are things headed? Yeah, so this is one of those things, like as you mentioned, we're, we're constantly changing within our, our industry. Uh, if we look back, 20, uh, 2005, we were sitting at an average wean age of 18.5. Uh, so obviously there's a lot of variation within that number, uh, but today we're right at 20.5. So we've changed two full days in that time frame. But as we look at new building, the new construction, a lot of those sites are being built in that 23 to 25 day window. Uh, and so we're, we're going to be moving that number forward here in the next five or 10 years, just as some of those older facilities phase out. And as we start to retrofit some of those older facilities. And so I think uh, that that 20.5 number uh, will, will be increasing pretty quickly over the next five to 10 years. Now, as we start doing some of the research that uh, DNA and other production systems have been doing themselves. So when we look at that increasing to what it is, I mean, when we look at sow mortality being what it is today, it's already kind of a high thing. What do we think the effects are going to be of the sow having to increase lactation length by that long, especially if she goes on to be a nurse sow? I mean, are we asking? Are we asking a lot of her, or are we finding that that's not going to be too big of a challenge? I guess what is that going to do to the sow? Yeah, no, that's a great question and definitely something to to think about. And it's one of those topics where it comes back to the management on that operation. If we're able to get that sow in the right body condition going into lactation, we're able to treat her right from the day that she farrows temper, making sure that she doesn't have a fever, making sure there's no retained pigs, tracking what that intake is those first couple of days to get her off to as good of a start as we possibly can. Then as we start looking at using her as a nurse sow or, or have some of these longer wean ages, she's already set up to handle it. Uh, and then the other thing is pushing as much lactation intake into these sows as we possibly can. Uh, we'll just help their body conditions as we start coming out of lactation. Our goal 
uh, should be that should be that that sow is almost better from a body condition standpoint coming out of lactation than going in. Uh, and if we're able to accomplish that, we can get some great productivity uh, and we can have some very respectable, uh, if not great sow death loss to, to go along with it. But we have to have that individual animal care uh, that I talked about earlier to make sure that we're not having a problem along the way and those sows kind of fall out of the system. Absolutely. And so when we look at all of this, I mean, with wean ages going up, why? Why are we shooting towards a higher wean age? Yeah, and there's there's lots of reasons for this. Uh, the, the biggest one is as the industry as a whole has, has transitioned from that uh, that family-owned operation to more of the the farrowing barn model, the, the wean to finish model. Uh, we've segregated some of that labor. We, we've changed how those pigs are handled. Uh, and so now we're, we're taking that pig, we're weaning it, we're moving it across the country, we're putting it into a new environment, we're causing a lot of stress. And so with that, anything we can do to allow that, that pig to have as little stress as possible is going to be advantageous. So if we're able to move from a, an 18-day wean age up to a 22-day, that pig's a lot more physiologically mature. It's able to handle that stress of weaning a lot easier and that truck uh, ride a lot easier. And so if we can get it to start better in the, the nursery phase, then we're going to have lower mortalities. We're going to have better average daily gains, and we're just going to have less issues with those groups of pigs uh, by adding some of that wean age to them. And we kind of talked about it around the sow mortality, but well, what other effects are there to the sow from us increasing this this wean age? Yeah, and this is the number one pushback that I always get as we start bringing up the topic of wean age. Hey, yes, we, we know on the, the wean to finish side, there's value. We, we know that those pigs are, are going to do better. They're going to start better. They're going to be bigger coming out of that sow farm. But we're going to reduce our litters per sow per year, so we're not going to get paid for as many pigs out the door. Uh, and that's going into this, I, I would have said the exact same thing. One of the really cool parts of what our research has shown, and as you look at the peer-reviewed journal articles and uh, anybody that's made the switch, it's a very repeatable measure that every additional day of wean age, you're going to see a subsequent bump in your total born of about a tenth of a pig per day. Uh, and that should go up to around that 25-day threshold. Once you get above 25 days of wean age, uh, then you start to lose some of that additional value. Uh, but the other thing is we've seen in our own data that ferrer rate actually goes up a little bit. So half a percent of ferrer rate per additional day of wean age is what we've seen in some of our data sets. Uh, and so part of that's because, as we alluded to, you're stressing those sows out in lactation. But if you're able to add that wean age and get uh, that high intake days of lactation, so those sows are eating a lot of food, a lot of feed those last few days in that lactation period, they're able to really uh, regenerate some of those reserves and put themselves into a positive energy state at weaning. And so they'll breed back a lot better. Uh, and so we, we've looked at, you know, the total board increase, the ferro rate increase, and then we'll also see a subsequent weaned asterisk decrease uh, by increasing that lactation uh, in, or lactation length uh, from that. So, so I'm a pretty, yeah. Oh, so yeah, I was just going to follow finish that up with those changes pretty much, are equal to the reduction in litters per sow per year. So there's no change in, in pigs per sow per year from uh, addition of wean age. Gotcha. And then, so really you're just looking at price, the more farrowing crates or changes in inventory to kind of accommodate for some of this? Yeah. So that's one of the 
the biggest hurdles that producers have to face. And it's why we don't just go and change wean age uh, all the time. Now, you can adjust wean age by increasing your number of weanings per week. But from a total capital perspective, you got to make some major investments to go ahead and change weanage. Uh, and so what we'll, we'll see is you either have to add those farrowing crates like you mentioned. Uh, and so say a 2,500 head sow farm, if you wanted to add four days, that's going to be around 60 crates that you're going to need to add, which is going to be a major capital expense. Prior to COVID, uh, it was around 4,500 bucks to add a farrowing crate. So you're, you're looking at $270,000 to go ahead and add that wean age. Now, that was pre-COVID steel prices, um, but that kind of gets you in the, the ballpark. The other thing is, you're gonna, otherwise, you'll see a major reduction in your inventory, and it's very hard to justify this unless you're going to a, a Prop 12 or more of an animal welfare type mm. gestation situation. So some of the estimates would be if you retrofitting and going to a Prop 12, you might see a 20% reduction in inventory if you have the same footprint. Well, that 20% reduction in inventory should get you around four days of wean age. Now, gotcha. Now it's starting to make sense. So when we look at the question, like who should do this, yeah. it starts to get a little clearer. Yeah, definitely. If you're, if you're looking at making the change from a marketing standpoint, uh, from a group housing standpoint, the, uh, the value to adding wean age is definitely there, or it might be a added benefit to something that you're already planning on doing. Gotcha. So what other what other scenarios can you kind of talk around where where it makes 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 sense to do something like this? Yeah. So the other thing is, as you're we have a lot of older, older barns going on within the industry that are are looking at doing some of those retrofits. And so at that point in time is a great opportunity to look at, hey, do we need to just go ahead and add some farrowing stalls while we're already opening up the footprint of this barn? Now, the other thing is this you have to look at the permitting ability. And so. In our uh, commercial system, uh, a little under half of the farms, we had the permitting ability to go ahead and add farrowing crates. Otherwise, we were, we were close to maxed out from an animal unit's perspective. But that's just another consideration to, to think about. But yeah, if you're looking at a retrofit, if you're looking at going to a, a Prop 12 or an ABF uh, group housing situation, uh, there's some value there. The other thing is, if you're looking at going to an ABF operation and you are finishing those pigs out. There's a huge value to adding wean age. Uh, we need those pigs to start at weaning as easily as possible because we don't have some of those tools in our tool belt uh, like we would in conventional production. Uh, and so we've actually run some ABF trials where each additional day of wean age is worth around 1% full value pigs at the end of that marketing phase. Uh, now that full value pig is ones that haven't been treated uh, and then also calls and mortality. But there's a huge value uh, if you're going to add to that or go to that ABF system to look at adding some wean age. Gotcha. So th- there's kind of a fun question to ask here that every now and then comes up and what's better weaning a older, lighter pig or a younger, heavier pig. Does it matter? Yeah. And this is, this is one of those questions. Like you said, it's a ton of fun to, kind of cuss and discuss within the south farm everybody has their own opinion uh we would have some nucleus data with our purebred duroc uh pigs and what we could what we kind of found from the data what we were able to pull out of it is when we compared a let's say a, a nine pound 23 day old pig versus a 10 pound 21 day old pig so 
let's say you're on a three day a week uh, wean cycle. And so you're weaning half of this room and you have to decide between these two litters, one at nine pounds, one at 10 pounds, but the nine pounds is two days older. Which do you go ahead and wean? Which is better to wean? Well, if you're on an SEW contract and you have a weight slide, you need to go ahead and get that 10 pounder out the door just from an economic standpoint to the sow farm. But if you're on a uh, wean to or fair to finish operation where you retain ownership of those pigs, you're better off weaning the lighter pigs that are older because uh, they're more physiologically mature and they're going to grow faster actually in the nursery phase than what those 10 pound pigs will that are 21 hmm. years of age. So definitely a lot to think about, and but it's a question that as we walk through sow farms comes up when people are pointing at two litters and they say, hey, what, I have to wean today. Which one should I wean? Uh, and just like you said, it's a lot of fun to kind of talk amongst everybody in that barn. Uh, and here we actually have some of the data to go ahead and show, hey, the lighter pig that's older is, is better off. Plus that younger pig or that younger litter, they've already proven the ability to grow faster within that lactation phase. So if we give them two more days, they're going to grow even better. So by the time we wean them two days older, then they'll be able to really hit the ground running uh, and increase the overall productivity of the system, not necessarily just the, the sow farm. So I got a curveball for you. I've been asking this one lately. It's fun. What's something about you that most of your colleagues do not know? Um, well, I, I'd say that as I go out and uh, interact with producers, so one of my roles is, is I, I visit a lot of farms and, and do some tech service troubleshooting type of things. Uh, as we talked about earlier, I don't necessarily bring up my show livestock background right up front. And so probably that uh, I'm, a, I'm a closet show livestock guy, so to speak. But uh, that would be <laughs> that would be my my guilty pleasure would be looking at uh, watching shows. And then I'd also judge a few shows as well. Oh, so I really opened the closet door then when we talked about that early on. <laughs> no, it's it's something that I'm very passionate about. And I think there's a lot of value out there uh, to go ahead and bring to light. Cool. So what's a golden nugget you might have for listeners, a life lesson, something you've learned along the way that you'd like to share with people who are listening today? Yeah, it really comes down to uh, just continual improvement. It's something that I, I try to live by every day, uh, just getting better. And, and that doesn't necessarily mean, hey, read a book or, or do this. Uh, one of the things when I graduated from college and started going to farms, what really worried me or what really stressed me out was, hey, I'm this young, dumb, punk kid coming out of college telling somebody who's been raising pigs 30 years how to do their job. Uh, and obviously, nobody likes to have that young, dumb, punk kid come into their farm and do that. Uh, and so trying to learn from them what works for, for their operation, what's worked uh, within their farms, and what have they learned over their 30 years and then just trying to tweak some of the things that they're doing uh, within the framework of, of what they know works. Uh, we're not trying to reinvent the wheel. Obviously, they're they're in their farm day in, day out, 365 days a, a year. Uh, and so coming in there and just trying to make drastic changes isn't going to work. And so that was one of the things I really had to help learn myself coming out of college. But then that continual improvement just from the day-to-day -day conversations that you have uh, with anybody in the street. Uh, to going to church, to listening to podcasts, every every interaction that you have with somebody or you have with something, you have the ability to to learn from and try to get better from. That's great. That's great. And we've definitely learned something here today around wean age. I think if anybody did have any questions, most of them were probably answered. And if they still have questions, where can people get a hold of you, or where where should they where should they reach out to? 
yeah, feel free to uh, reach out to any of the DNA representatives. They're, uh, they're on the DNA website or myself. Um, I'll be happy to answer any questions uh, regarding wean age. And then we also have some calculators built around the specific costs and scenarios that might be uh, specific to your operation. Uh, and we would be happy to sit down and really talk through the finances of, of your specific farm, what makes sense and what doesn't. Because uh, as we lose you, it doesn't make sense for everybody to add wean age, but there are some situations where it makes a ton of sense. Uh, and so we'd love to, to have that conversation. Well, we appreciate you joining us on the Popular Pig Podcast. It's been great to have you as a guest, and uh, I'm sure everyone here is, is grateful to have you here. Yeah, thank you very much, Matthew, for, for everything that you do and uh, this podcast. I think it's a great opportunity for producers, industry folks, and college students and everybody out there interested in the pork industry uh, to get better uh, and to continually Thank you for joining us on this episode of Popular Pig. We aspire to learn and grow together through the experience and wisdom shared by our esteemed guests. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends and colleagues within the swine industry. For more information, please go to popularpig.com to receive updates when new episodes are available. Popular Pig is brought to you by Swine Tech, the award-winning creators of Smart Guard and Pig Flow. To learn how PigFlow can help you streamline your workforce and reduce piglet and sow deaths, visit swinetechnologies.com.